Episode number 98 on this Good Friday. I hope everybody's well. I hope everybody's sitting back, relaxing on this Good Friday. We're working. We're here for you. I refuse to give Doug McLean the day off today. So he's working. It's been a good week so far. We hope you all enjoyed the reunion show with Darren Millard. We challenged you to get over 300 likes and we nailed it. We got it, which means that we will open up a Q&A, but not today. We'll get that as early as Monday. Correct, Jordan? Yes, sir. I'm gathering comments right now, so I don't want to disappoint anybody, but we hit it in the final moments of the episode on Wednesday. So got to make sure we have uh, enough time for people like Million to give uh, his Q&A and chat like he just did about two seconds ago. So hit us up on Twitter at line underscore movement hashtag where's Buddha besides in Kipper's set. You can hit up <laughs> Twitter hit Kipper up on uh, Real Real Kipper and then uh, Doug at at Doug McLean or in chat the comments I will compile them all and then on Monday we will have a, a pimpin' good time as they say. And I I think we we started with one can and somehow miraculously it uh, it's three now and I'm not even doing this you know consciously I, I don't know Are why they empty? They just ended Are they up. empty? No, they're full. Oh yeah, they're full, but. Mine are empty. Mine are empty. So in other words, if mine are empty, send more, maybe. Listening to you probably in the first 10 or 15 minutes, uh, <laughs> I I know one will be empty for sure. How are you? You good? Did you enjoy did you enjoy Wednesday's show with Darren Millard and uh getting your 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 good buddy back together again? Well, it was typical. He tried I I mean he tried to take over hosting two or three times. And you had to put him put him in his place because you're the new host. So you know, I thought it was good, but I know it's good to have Darren on. Um, why didn't he tell us when he was on? Why didn't he give us at least one scoop on Vegas that they were going to play with sixteen or seventeen skaters because they got major cap issues and injuries and suspensions? Well, we're we're going to get us nothing. That. He gave we'll, us nothing. We'll get into that and and some of the games uh, last night that. Has led to uh, a lot of questions, Mac, um, going into this trade deadline. But listening to Darren backpedal a little bit is always fun. You know what? You know what? It dawned on me after the show was over is that Darren Millard and Gary Lawless are closer to getting a Stanley Cup ring than me and you right now. <laughs> I know. Well, according to them, you know, so we'll we'll make that evaluation. We're the hockey guys. They're they're media guys. We're the hockey guys. Yeah, but usually team media guys do get rings. The only right. thing is they get rings with fake diamonds in them. I don't think Darren will care. <laughs> no, he won't care. And and he'll he'll wear it like he scored the game winning goal. He'll wear it like God rest his soul, Warren Stralo. Remember Warren used to wear all his rings, the U.S., the gold medal from the U.S. Olympics and all my – anyway. So, yeah, we're, we're, he will wear it. I, that was always a kind of a, a pet peeve of mine is that where does it stop, <laughs> you know, when you hand out these rings? Because I, I love them for the players, but when you start hearing – that um, 
the secretary to the team dentist is wearing one. <laughs> I'm like, time out. <laughs> I know it, it. It it is moved. They have to do a thousand rings now when teams win the cup. Everybody well, we'll, gets one. We'll get into Vegas's chances of uh, getting Darren Millard and, and Gary Lawless a Stanley Cup ring. They lost uh, in a shootout to Minnesota last night, but. Really, Mac, the focus here on on this Friday and who knows where it all ends up is just focusing a little bit of being under, what, officially 12 days to the trade deadline. We talked last week about the uh, 14-day quarantine uh, ending up at, at seven days for Canada and whether or not that bumps it up in terms of uh, the interest in the movement. But right now... I think nothing's getting bumped up because we still have teams sitting on the fence. And is it now just thinking, let's see where it stands through the weekend, i.e. Nashville, if they turn their winning seven out of eight into a two or three game losing streak, does that now put some of their players back on the hot spot? Well, look, it, 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 there's a lot of teams affected by that. Nashville's one of them. And, uh, you know, you, you've got to make a, a decision as to when you're going to be a seller. And, and we've noticed in the last few weeks some flip-flopping. Nashville were shopping guys a couple of weeks ago. Then they go seven of eight, as you said. They're back in the race. They think they have a chance to make the playoffs. Here's the interesting thing is, Dallas are out of the playoffs. What do they do? Well, they've got four games in hand. You know, they got Sagan eventually coming back. They got Bishop coming back. Some of these markets, Columbus, Nashville, Dallas, even though they're good-sized markets, they cannot, if they can make the playoffs, it's critically important. Number one, your management team don't get fired. Number two, your coaches have less chance of getting fired. And it also affects your corporate partners and your season ticket renewal. So making the playoffs in some of these markets is monumental. And you've got to say, like, this is not an easy discussion to have with your owner that, okay, we got to be sellers here. You know, so, it was easy for me when I was in Columbus because we were out of the mix. So and what, you, you, you tried to save your owner money at the deadline. So what... What markets would lie into your philosophy and which ones would be excluded in terms of how important is winning right now or getting into the playoffs? Because you'd think with an empty buildings and no revenue coming in, I, I, you know, who cares really if you make the playoffs or not? Well, because it's the, the what happens to your management group, the pressure on them, what happens to your fan base when they can come back, your okay. corporate base, as I talked about. So it doesn't it doesn't affect financially. Yes. Okay. It, it what it does is it, there's a major difference between Columbus and Nashville and Toronto and Boston and Montreal and New York. What I'm saying is when you're a smaller market or a non-traditional hockey market, the pressure to make the playoffs is enormous from, from a 
a perception view and a financial view. From a so, Toronto Maple Leaf, it's it's more about the pressure to make them internally. We need to make the playoffs. We need to do some damage at playoff time. So there's a difference, in my opinion, between okay, so one market and another. We we could put Nashville in there, right? I mean, it's really important for them to make oh. the playoffs this year. So we we have Nashville there. Dallas. Dallas Real. have. St. Louis. Columbus, we have. Definitely. Chicago, I don't have. Well, I would say Chicago because of the, you know, the original six, the what the Blackhawks have done in recent history. They're more accepting of a build, rebuild scenario. Than Correct. some of these other markets, in many in many ways, like the New York Rangers a few years ago with their letter, mm -hmm. suggesting that mm -hmm. we're not going to be like the old New York Rangers that kept buying and buying at the trade deadline and overpaying at uh, uh, unrestricted free agency. So Chicago, we have staying on to that that kind of plan. If but but look what they've done in their last ten games, Nick. What have they won? Three of their last ten. Yeah, you yeah, know, and they lost uh, a terrible one last night. Oh, lost a points. I mean, with what twenty eight yeah. seconds left, they lose a point when yeah. they're fighting for their playoff lives. They are so, they are fighting for their playoff lives, Mac. But they're they're not gonna they're not gonna be a team that just out of desperation, like our thumbnail suggested. We we don't have Chicago there as as one of those teams that. That that looks like they're going to do everything they can to get in. No. I'm hearing Chicago no. now, along with maybe the L.A. Kings, are two teams that say we've got rent for space here. Oh yeah, we'll take 100%. on a contract here. We'll take on a bad contract. Just make sure that we end up with a second or third round pick. That's 100%. what I see out of Chicago. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. And you've got some other markets that were will be comparable, but. When you look at and you say, okay, what's the pressure on Stan Bowman versus what's the pressure on Sweeney, Dubas, <laughs> and Bergevin? Or even the pressure on Jeff Gorton versus Bergevin versus yeah. Dubas versus Sweeney. Major, major difference versus Kevin Adams, who, you know, I mean, they're they're in a full-fledged rebuild for the umpteenth time. So, you know, it's uh, it's different in different markets. There's no doubt about that. Nick Kiprios, Doug McLean here on Good Friday, Real Kipper at Noon Show. Uh, first time watcher, hit the subscribe button, hit the like buttons. Uh, it's it's all good moving forward here as we get into some of the nuts and bolts on where the tea leaves lie today and, and where they may be heading in the next 12 days when it comes to the NHL trade deadline. So when we speak of our thumbnail, Mac, uh, we put up, Three teams. We put up Toronto. We put Boston. I put up St. Louis. Uh, there's going to be a, a ton of honorable mentions on who else could look desperate in the next uh, 11 and a half days. I'd uh, love to hear from all of you out there watching. Uh, let us know in your comments who you think uh, will make a major push here. So when we talk about a team that may be desperate to, to do something, Mac, uh, we look at the Toronto Maple Leafs, huge success in the North Division this season, yet we don't think about them as a team that needs to make moves to come out of the division. P 
people speak of moves to the Stanley Cup for the Toronto Maple Leafs, and that's where I think Kyle Dubas would feel somewhat, I don't know if I want to use the word desperate, but a sense of urgency to tweak this lineup. Yeah, he, you know, Kyle Dubas has as much pressure on him as any general manager in the NHL. And it's very simple. It's lack of success in the first round of the playoffs. And in fairness to the Toronto Maple Leafs, it was always Boston, Tampa. I mean, tough matchups. And well, we know that division, but it was Boston, really, that that knocked them out time and time again. So where where does Kyle Dubas go? What can he do to to give his team a chance? They've had a hell of a year. They deserve full marks for the year they've had. They got one of the premier elite players, maybe two of the most elite players in the entire NHL and Matthews Marner. But what do they need to help them? He said it in the summer. He was going to make them harder, to, more difficult to play against. He accomplished that to a degree. But all of a sudden now you say, who's going to play with Nylander and Tavares? Are you going to go into the playoffs with Galchenyuk? Are you going to go into the playoffs with uh, Jack Campbell as your number one goalie? Freddie Anderson, hopefully he's going to be fine. Um, are you going to go into the playoffs with that blue line? Do you need another defensive guy as a shutdown guy? So there's a lot of questions going on. Do they need a guy like a Felino? Do they need a guy like Taylor Hall? Do they need, you know, there's all kinds of guys, a Savard on the back end. I mean, the, the wish lists are over the top right now. So they're not the only team, but that's just one that's different pressure from a Nashville or whatever. It's to have postseason success. Some have pressure to make the playoffs. Some have pressure to have postseason success. Toronto's one of them. We hear we hear talk and, and and speculation about forward defense and goalie, and you just mentioned it. Where would you put Kyle Dubas's top priority? I don't necessarily see it up front, but I, we've heard names. I for me, and look, I, I get the Tavares Neil and like seriously, Tavares and Nylander need help. Are you I mean, if that's the case, we got a real problem. But here, I think they need a defenseman. I, I really do. I, I think I think they're going to find if they get into a really challenging playoff series, they've got six guys they have counted on essentially all year. They're six guys. And they don't 100% trust Dermot, and they don't 100% trust Bogosian. We saw Bogosian last year in the playoffs being a healthy scratch albeit he had a pretty good playoff run. He's a veteran guy. I still think they need another defenseman that can be a real defender. That's what I think they need. And I don't know Hall has limited playoff experience. You know, that that to me, Muzzin has playoff experience. And, and Morgan Riley has reasonable playoff experience. Brody has some playoff experience. And after that, it's very limited. So for me... It's a it's a defenseman. Well, with Nashville still being a, are you in or are you out? And I hear teams are waiting on that. And today we we feel like Ekholm is not out there, but no. a two or three game losing streak could change all of that, Mac. 
But right now, there is a sense that Ekholm isn't out there, which pushes David Savard as the number one guy. Well, yeah, I mean, he he is the number one guy, and there's a few others that are out there. We'll we'll see where where it shakes out with them. But for now, you would have to say Savard is the number one. Listen to the Columbus watching the Columbus game last night against Tampa Bay, and I sort of keyed in on Savard. Um, well, that's not true. First, you keyed in on Jeff Rimmer's uh, play-by-play, and then you focused on <laughs> Savard. I didn't say that. I can't throw my good friend Jeff Rimmer under the bus. He <laughs> would. No, if, if no, I never do. If I, I was, if I was a dozen GMs, I would have felt like Jeff Rimmer gave me a complete scouting uh, report on David Savard, and I'm oh, very comfortable he, trading for him. After I've listened to Jeff Rimmer's play-by-play. Have have you not heard what I've said about telling the media guys that this is a three-hour infomercial? You (laughs) You sell what we need sold. Now, the question is, when do Columbus become sellers? Well, you're telling me Savard is not going to re-sign there. They don't believe he's going to re-sign there. We look at the Winnipeg Jets, we look at the Toronto Maple Leafs, we look at the Montreal Canadiens, and we say, uh, somebody, Florida Panthers, somebody is going to take a terrific run at Savard. And Jeff Rimmer helped it last night because he continually raved about how great Savard is playing defensively. And you know what? (laughs) Blocking shots, he does his thing. He's a big body guy that came in. My guys drafted him. Donnie Boyd is the guy who now scouts for Ottawa, who was my director of scouting, who drafted Savard. And he was drafted as an offensive guy. And he languished in Syracuse till finally there was enough pressure to bring him up. And he's come up and he's been, he hasn't gone back. This kid has has made himself into one hell of a solid player. How good has he been for Columbus in those run playoff series against Toronto, against Tampa? And against Pittsburgh in the last number of years, he's a guy that is reasonable priced, unrestricted. To me, when you look at his dollars, where it fits in, he's a guy that should be at the top of a lot of teams' lists. The the word I'm getting, Mac, is that the focus is going to be on Rowinski and and Jones resigning in the next uh, two years. That's where the money's going. They certainly couldn't afford to put Savard in a position to make five million a year plus five if if there's other uh factors and, involved and you know what a lot of teams can't put him in that but a lot of teams can afford to have him for the last two months of the season or last month of the season and the playoffs and that's to me i see savard right now as a rental and i see savard after being a rental signing in Winnipeg if Winnipeg don't get him as a rental and by the way I think they need him desperately as a rental and as a long-term guy there but doesn't that factor in on on what Yarmo can get because he's more valuable if I'm trading for him knowing I can keep him past the rental I'm not gonna yeah I'm not I'm not paying the same price if I lose him no no I'm working I'm working that's why I'd be working Winnipeg over big time listen Savard Dubois lived at Savard's house. He thinks the world of Dubois. Dubois thinks the world of the Savard family. 
Winnipeg are desperate need of a defenseman, in my opinion, if they think they can compete for a Stanley Cup. I think it's a it's a great fit. So can you do a sign and trade? You know, what can you do here to get this done? But Montreal, you know what? Do they need them? I don't know, but I, I'm sure there's some interest. Toronto, to me, need them. Uh, Florida. So, I mean, there's going to be – there should be a reasonable market. And, I, I mean, I had heard he was being shopped a few months ago, but I don't know where that is right now with Columbus still thinking they have a chance. You don't think that there's any possibility that Yarmo can keep him, but you look at Yarmo's reputation and you're like, maybe that wouldn't surprise me. Well, you know what? You, it's it's pressure in the marketplace. The pressure in Columbus to make the playoffs is it's it's high because they've had a good run of making the playoffs the last number of years. Everybody's expectation after they beat the Leafs last year and had an unbelievable series against Tampa, beat Tampa prior to that, a couple tough series against Pittsburgh, was this year to make the playoffs and do some damage. And it hasn't gone that way. So there's enormous pressure on the management team there, unfortunately, uh, because they have done a good job in the last number of years there, in my opinion. But it's all about what your record is at playoff. And now in Columbus, it's moved into what's your record at playoff time. And it's not very good. Staying on uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs, if they don't end up uh, spending a prospect or a first rounder on Savard, the word I got today, Mac, is that the Leafs have the inside track on Taylor Hall. Mm -hmm. And upgrading a top six winger, we've heard for the last few months, I wouldn't necessarily be comfortable, and I'm not taking anything away from Gelchenyuk. He's actually come in and done uh, a pretty good job. I, he hasn't, he's not lighting it up, Mac, but he has created some good energy, and maybe that's just because he knows that this could be his last chance and he's on his best behavior, but do you really want to go into the playoffs to try to win a Stanley Cup now with Gelchenyuk you know, riding shotgun with Tavares and and Nylander, or do you feel like Taylor Hall can be an upgrade there? And I only say that because I'm I'm hearing that Taylor Hall in Buffalo, of course, has a no move. He, he he's really holding all the cards here. And while in a perfect world, I think Kevin Adams would love to 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 shop it and get the best price possible. When you're told that I'll only go to maybe two or three teams, that makes it difficult for for Kevin Adams. And that's that's essentially what's happening here, Mac, is because he's got a no move, they're really down to what I've been told is two or three teams that are shopping now for Taylor service uh uh Taylor Hall services. Well, you know what, I, I think Taylor Hall's making a huge mistake. To, to put that ultimatum to the Buffalo Sabres. I, I really do. I mean, I've watched him play quite a bit in the last two weeks. This guy can't even make a pass. He can't even receive a pass, let alone get a shot on goal. It, you know, Taylor Hall has had no playoff success in his career. He's hardly had any, pl- pl- not playoff success, playoff experience. Taylor Hall has got to say, okay, there's... Uh, six, eight teams out there that have a chance to win the Stanley Cup with the way the Stanley Cup happens. 
I guess he's got to be a little bit picky so he has a chance. Mac, every but player's you, got a wish list, Mac. I don't blame him at all. If if listen, you know who what I wouldn't want to go to Toronto right you know now and play with you know Marner, Matthews, Tavares, sure and Nylander. Sure, you'd want to. That's sure that's you, the sure, that's his wish list. Sure, you'd want to. For for you know, is he going to be re-signed in Toronto? Not a snowball's chance. He's going to be re-signed in Toronto. But that's not so, what he's looking for any no, more I, than he was looking at resigning in Buffalo. He's just he was looking to have the the great year, and in this instant, maybe the great finish. I hope it's a great finish because it's been pretty bad. Watch it. I mean, look, have you watched him? Yes. Like if I'm the Toronto Maple yeah. Leafs, I'm I'm really nervous about what I've watched, and and you got to go. I know he's had a good career. This guy's gone from ninety five points or something to eighteen points in the last few years. Like, seriously. So I I, I I, mean, I'd like to see him go somewhere and have an unbelievable playoff run. And look, you're right. The chance, to, if you're with Tavares and Nylander and you can't score, your career's in jeopardy. Or Marner That's, and Matthews, Mac. He, he'll get looks with Marner and Matthews right, sure as well. He will. Sure he will. So well, yeah, he should. He, I mean, look, and you know what? Kevin Adams should... Should make them pay a big price. He's he should make them pay a big price. But this is the chicken and the egg here, Mac. If 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 the guy's got a no move, and you know he's got a house in Toronto, and who wouldn't want to play with Matthews and Marner and Nylander and Tavares? Mm -hmm. If you're Kevin Adams, you're scared as hell that you may end up keeping him and looking really bad in the process. No, no, he he's he's they've got to move him. Kevin knows that, I'm sure. Kevin Ky Kevin Adams knows he's got to move him. Dubis so, knows it. Right. Exactly, Dubis. And if knows, he's but, at the top of if, the list for Toronto, as, as everybody as, indicates, but I don't have to overpay. Typically anytime you move a player, you only have two, three or so suitors when you're in a trade. You don't have 15 guys looking for a for the, the trade. It's like Savard. How many guys really are shopping for Savard? Three or four teams? That's what I think. I don't think there's 10 or 15 teams. No. So if Kevin has two or three, then you max it out. You make them pay the biggest price, and you play one off the other till you get there. If If he only has one, then I agree with you. Okay, last word on but the I, Leafs. Hey, Hall can't just say I only want one team. No, you know no, I'm not suggesting that. Uh, no, he it, can't do that you because know, if it falls, or he's stuck. Yeah, he I, goes nowhere. I, I would not be sitting here, and I, I don't think, you know, Taylor Hall's, you know, dumb enough to say I'll only go to Toronto. No, but he can't. you don't also you don't also want to say that I'll go to five or six different teams either. No, because. That's you right. wanna you wanna try to get this in in, in but, your best interest, and right now I would think if there are two or three teams, the vision could be playing with a Matthews, Tavares, or a Drysidle, or a McDavid. But here's the thing: as long as the GM has the three teams, then he can work it. He can work it at to a degree. It's not easy but at least he can work it because Dubas knows there's a couple other suitors and that's only being fair to Kevin Adams. The guy that gave him eight, gave Farish 
and Hall $8 million because there wasn't a whole lot out there should be fair to Kevin Adams in this deal. They should be. Now, are they going to be? I, think, I don't know. Yeah, I, I would think that. Uh, I would hope so. Again, you know, you got to also factor in, Mac, that we are a little over a week and a half away here. Sure. And maybe maybe it's a wish list right now for Taylor Hall, but maybe there could be a few more suitors 48 yeah. hours out. Oh, no, you you got to max it here. So it, it, it'll be, look, is he the guy? Is he what they need to get them over the top? I guess. It's pretty sad that, that Tavares at 11 million needs somebody to, to help him get through this. He, he, he should be a line driver. I know, but, but Mac, help. the, the like, points, the points aren't coming to Tavares no. like they did a few years ago. No, and we talked about his foot speed and it was only going to slow down for him. And I don't know if that's the difference right now is the pace of play or the fact that he's focused a, a lot more defensively, which probably costs him another foot or two to get to the net. I, I, I have no hey. idea, but it's been a struggle. Five on five has been a struggle for their $11 million a year. No, I know. Do you, do you, what, what if it's always scary because if you do the hall deal and it's your big deal and he's an anchor to Tavares. One more on the Leafs, Mac. <laughs> Okay. You didn't like you didn't like that one, did you? Well, you I, it's 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 a legitimate question. Yeah, it is. It is. It's uh, and and what has gone on with Taylor Hall? And some have suggested to me he's missing the extra step now, and he's battled some injuries. Yeah. And is he a guy now that's missing that step that we saw in his MVP season, or at times with the Edmonton Oilers? He, because but you know what. The, the the struggle there was right. a struggle in Arizona, and there's yeah. a struggle in Buffalo. But here, Nick, and you know it better than I do. I don't know how many when a player's head is mis messed up, when his confidence is shattered, when his head is messed up, guys can't play. That's the number one thing about getting guys out of sl about slump breaking is to whatever you can do to regain a kid's confidence. A player's confidence. That's the number. It's not his shot. It's not his skating. It's right here. And and maybe going with that opportunity automatically. Do you know how much time you spend in the NHL, was whether you're a GM or a coach, on trying to rebuild guys' confidence? It, it's, a, it's a monumental part of the job, in my, in my opinion, and in my experience. The only way you do that is knowing your room is strong enough to float that boat. Right. And that, I, I, I look at I look at Toronto right now, and if Taylor Hall would want anything to rejuvenate his career, it would be the guys in that room that yeah. could put the puck in the net. I agree. So and is that's it the not wish the list, same, I But think. is it not the same in Boston with Bergevin and Marchand and Pasternak and some of these people? Like well... A guy like Krejci, who's a disher, is it not like that in Boston? Is it not like that in maybe, 
I don't know, wherever else that there's a contending team that needs a winger to help them get over the top. I know one thing, if I'm Kevin Adams, that's what I'm floating. But it yeah. comes back to the list. It comes back to this no movement thing, which is is such yeah. a shit show. Well, I would think a guy like Matthew Barzell would excite him too, Mac, based on what we saw again last night. But And listen, you're right. You hit the hell because the Islanders are looking for a big-time player. And, oh, my God, Nick, I watching this kid last night, how many goals have we seen by this kid? Like, it's great listening to Butch Goring try to explain or the, the commentators, like, behind the net, 200 feet, Beats five guys and scores an amazing goal. I mean, look, he's he's anyway. Go ahead. You're going to talk about him. Well, I, I think under a rental Mac, knowing that Anders Lee is done for the year, it it does make a lot of sense for Lou Lamorello. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, look, you got Palmieri out there, who's a who Lou has a history with, who's a dependable a 200-foot guy that can also chip in offensively. You got Hall out there. Hoffman is a name that we're starting to hear more of right now that didn't work out. It didn't work out for him in uh, in St. Louis. Uh, well, you know, we're going to get we'll, – we'll touch on St. Louis and, and, uh, yeah. and, and the West as well. The other yeah. team, Mac, that I probably got at the top of my list – for being desperate at this deadline more than any other team, the Boston Bruins. They need almost a top six forward, and they still have yet to replace Krug and Chara on the back end. They're playing the kid in goal right now. They're playing a bunch of kids. Um, you know, Frederick has fit in okay. Um Luson in the back ends, the Borel, that's who they replaced uh, Krug with and Chara, and it's it's not enough. Um, there's too much, you know, I, I'm like, when you're a coach and you've got to play your best player, Bergeron, your best centerman, head-to-head -head against the other team's best player, you got a problem as a coach. Because you you got to have flexibility. You've got to have at least three guys, three centermen. You can put head-to-head. -head. And if you're not three, you've got to have at least two. I, I remember, and I, I hate to bore people with my coaching, but when I was coaching against Lindros and Yager and Lemieux in the playoffs, I had Robbie Niedemeyer who could go head-to-head -head with Lemieux. He could go head-to-head -head with Lindros. He could go head-to-head -head with whoever. And I had Brian Scrudelin who could come after him and also go head-to-head. -head. So I had the luxury of two guys because they were so good defensively and they knew how to play the game. And they knew how to defend against big body, big strong guys. And if you don't have that luxury of two guys to go head-to-head, -head, you got a major problem. Bergeron, as good and great as he is, you don't want him going head-to-head -head every shift with Crosby and Malkin. you got to have – and Krejci's not the guy. He's not the guy at this stage in his career. So they 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 need some help. And we've been talking about a winger for them for how long? They tried to get Nash when he was late in his career. And he, he, he was injured. He was banged up, a concussion, and, and didn't get wasn't able to get it done. They bring in Craig Smith. They think he's going to be a 30-goal scorer. He's a 15-goal scorer. I mean, 
They are in desperate need of somebody on the wing. So bad. Why is Jake DeBrusque fallen so out of favor there? Why do I keep hearing that they're shopping him? Mac, is, is Jake now to the point where you stare at anybody long enough, you're going to find some warts somewhere? You know what? I, I, I look at Jake DeBrusque and I say, okay, I, I like what he brings to the table. And I've seen him score some big goals at the playoff time. Some guys, same as Corrali, regular season, they're not the big score, but they get, they find a way to score big goals and make big plays and contribute at playoff time. Got to have something in the, I think, I think Cassidy, I'm not sure what's going on there, but there, there, you can't, the one thing you can't do as a coach is get to hate players. When you get to hate players, and I don't mean hate as in the word of hating the person, but hating the way they play, you box yourself in because you don't have the luxury of just going and getting umpteen players. And I think they box themselves in. They don't like Jake defensively. They, I, I guess Corrali must bother them a little bit because he doesn't score a lot. But I know one thing, he can play against any center in the league. I watch him go head-to-head with McDavid. I watch him go head-to-head with Matthews. You know, So you've got to take a guy for what he is. I think there's some issues there from a leadership perspective, and I mean a coaching perspective. they gotta, they got to figure it out. I do hear today that they probably are – uh, they've got the edge on perhaps a, a Connor Garland out of Arizona. They seem to have their focus on there. I think the issue there too, a little bit, Mac, is over the years, their their cupboards in terms of prospects aren't aren't great. Uh, they've got prospects like everybody else, but when you talk about maybe some that are untouchables, I, I'm not sure they have any of those. But they got some good young players, and you know they've got Strudnicka, who's a who's a Kitchener Kitchener kid who I've watched play a little bit this year. He's a good player. Frederick, they don't want to move Frederick. He's a winger. He's tough. He can battle. You know he can he can score. They don't want to move. I can't believe they'd want to move him. But you're right. They, there's people there they can move. Connor Garland. I mean, look, I knew I knew of him in Moncton. When he played there, he was always a big scorer. There was always a lot of questions about his his character, his attitude. Seemed to be a, in the forefront when he was in Moncton. He shocked a lot of people as a sixth or seventh round pick, or whatever that has come in and scored. Is he a guy? I mean, Krejci is a disher. If you got a Garland with a Krejci, you got a Hall with a Krejci. There's a chance they can find some magic, but I don't if. Is Connor Garland going to help you win the Stanley Cup or help you advance? Maybe. I like him, Mac. Yeah. I don't I, mind I him. I'm not, I'm not in love with him. I'm not in no. love with him. I'll just tell you that. Well, I'm not in love with him. Not to beat up David Savard, but there's another guy that they could certainly uh, use. They've got to give up their first rounder to get these type of player players, Mac. But when I look at any team where the window is closing – with the likes of Bergeron, it's the Boston Bruins. 
Well, uh, Bergeron is, and Marchand and Pasternak carry this team. And, like, I watched them last year against Tampa in the playoffs, and, I mean, you, eventually you wear them out, and they, they're, they're, you're, your focus going against the Bruins is shutting that line down. And they play so much. Their power play is – you can't defend them really on the power play, although penalty-killing technique is so good that, you know, you've got a chance. But there's such dynamic guys on the power play. Krug has affected it. But McAvoy is a special talent on the back end. So their power play can kill you. But five on five, it becomes really challenging when you have one big line to slow down. That's the problem. Dubrusk, Krejci, and zero on the wing yeah. as a second line. And they've never been able to find the one winger to go with when du when. The kid was there. DeBrusque was there with Krejci. They couldn't find the guy to play the wing with them. They tried Richie. They've tried umpteen guys, and it hasn't worked. And then it's hurt Jake, in my opinion. All right, let's shift gears a little bit. Uh, touched on the East with uh, Toronto and Boston. If we kind of switch gears a little bit, I, I, I'm so intrigued to watch the St. Louis Blues, Mac, because here's a team that, at the beginning of the season, we would say they'd be in the mix for the Stanley Cup. And right now, they've got one game on hand uh, with Arizona, but Arizona's right there. And maybe that factors into what uh, Armstrong, general manager of uh, Arizona, is thinking moving forward. But the sense is move, still... How does he move Garland? Like, Mac. Seriously. Matt. If, he, if he has a chance to make the playoffs in Arizona, well, how long since they've been in the playoffs? Yeah, I know. But, uh, you know, this goes to our earlier discussion here. I don't think making the playoffs is the most important thing here for Arizona. And at the end of the day, Mac, like, okay, you get in. And then you face Vegas, Colorado. Right. I mean, and then you're one and done. And, you're left with what they got stripped man of first rounders and right. assets. They got to get back. They got to fill the cupboards up. I've been first here, rounders I've, and prospects. When did they leave Winnipeg to go to Arizona? What year was that? Gosh, like I'm sick of hearing Arizona have got to get back. It's been like that since they left Winnipeg. They have, have they have they, well, number one, they haven't made any money in the, all the time. They've lost money every year. They've been there despite what, Anthony LeBlanc told us. I mean, come on. I mean, they've been rebuilding for 15 years. And they're going to be rebuilding for 16 because they're going nowhere fast, even if they make the playoffs. So go get your first rounder for Garland. Yeah. That's why. Well, that's, if you can get that, then, then good on them. What's he got for term left? Oh, he's up arbitration. He's up. He's got, he's, he's, got he's, he's, and he's got Arbrights. He's got Arbrights. So yeah. I don't know what that puts you into. Three mm -hmm. and a half, four, four and a half. But it's still cheap. If this guy's a legitimate 25 or 30 goal scorer, yeah. even if he gets five next year, that's, that's a pretty good going rate for a 30 goal scorer. Yeah. Is he a 30 he goal scorer? I don't have him as a 30-goal scorer, but if he's playing with the right people, he might be. You know, some some teams be. have him have him there. Yeah, yeah. Well, people, I, I, got a, I get clouded because of what watching him in Moncton. So, And he was damn good. He was damn good, but 
something bothered me about him. I don't know what it was. Anyway. Okay, you you woke up. You're Doug Armstrong. You've won a cup a couple of years ago. You're still a team that should compete, but now you're scrambling with the likes of Arizona on your heels. What are you waking up now and saying, I, I got to do something here, or do you, do you cut bait? Well, I think, you know, the, the challenging part is that uh, big investment in Krug and I, I I haven't watched the Blues enough, but I don't think he's got it done had anywhere close to what they expected. Pareko with his injury problem, that blue line, there's the Vince Dunn situation where they never seem to be happy with this guy. A lot of people like him. Their, their team... Their defense is a big part of their team, and it hasn't been nearly as good. Well, you wake up one day, you win the Stanley Cup with Preco and uh, Petrangelo, Petrangelo, and then the next day they're gone. Exactly. It's not easy. And the Army's Army's done a solid job there. And to me, if I'm – do you panic? You've got your cup. Um, You know, you still have a good hockey team. You've the problem is when you're that close, you've got it. You've got to try to win. That's the problem, and it's not a problem. It's a luxury every GM in the league would love to have. I've got to try to make my team competitive because they could go against Vegas and they could go against Colorado and they could go against whoever and they could win. They could win a series if they're if Pareko's healthy. And Krug plays to his potential, and a few things work out for them. They could challenge. They if Bennington gets on a roll, I mean they're right. They're not that far off. I know they haven't had a good year, but they're not that far off from a playoff type team. Trading chips for Doug Armstrong include Jaden Schwartz. Yeah, and there's another potential top six guy that many teams I think could use. Yeah, for sure. Uh, there's Bozak, UFA as well. Mike Hoffman has been somewhat of a disaster in St. Louis. And Craig Berube really has no time for him. So you got to assume that someone's going to want to take a, a shot at this guy to add some depth. Probably a not a last-minute type of deal, but Mac, he, he can still shoot the puck, this guy. This guy scored. What didn't he get thirty last year in Florida? I think he's a legit thirty guy. Isn't isn't he a guy? If you're really looking and you don't want to pay the huge price, is that not a good gamble to put him with a good player and a disher that has a chance to to finish? Like to me, and he's fighting for his survival. Hoffman. He's he's got to go somewhere and play his ass off. I mean, it, it, it's a little bit of a Taylor Hall scenario, although Hall has the big reputation and, you know, the first overall pick and Hoffman's reputation is not quite there. That's for damn sure. After the debacle in Ottawa and fairly or unfairly, and I keep hearing it was unfairly. Um, so, it, it, you know, he's a guy that you've got to look at, even with his bad year. On the back end, I know that you mentioned uh, Vince Dunn and there's been some challenges there. What you spoke to earlier, a guy that's lost his confidence and how hard it is to get it back. This guy was almost like the next, you know, star for St. Louis, Mac, when we were talking about a St. Louis Blue Stanley Cup run. 
And now, I don't know what's happened here, but uh, he's out of the good books there. But yeah, has been, for, has been for a year, hasn't he? Yeah. Now, you know, in saying that, if St. Louis is in the sell mode, I hear Scandella, they'd like they'd rather unload Scandella's contract at 3.275, I think, for the next uh, three years than they would even Vince Dunn right now. And I, I don't blame them for that. I mean, Scandella, the this is half the battle for the GMs. And it's funny, I talked to a president of hockey ops recently and he said, Doug, being a general manager is a friggin' nightmare because you've got player personnel, which is all we used to deal with. And now you've got player personnel, cap management, which is over the top. And, you know, it's almost like the importance of getting rid of money has gone to a whole nother level. It is unreal. And that makes sense for St. Louis to move this guy. They can afford to move him, but Pareko being injured all year has been a bit of a challenge there. St. Louis, Falk's I think. There. What's that? Well, you know, they've got, you know, Falks there. I mean, they're pretty in Pareko. When they've got those two guys, they're pretty. And Krug, that's a pretty solid blue line. And done. I don't know that you need the other guy. I think they got a handful of Colorado and Vegas games still coming up. St. Louis too, Max. So That's frightening. It uh, it may help Doug Armstrong in, in his decision on, on where to move forward here. Yeah. Um, let's touch a little bit, Mac, about uh, a goaltending market, which I don't know how, how strong it is from here on in, but we did talk about the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, but there's no question right now that a team like Colorado can't be feeling too confident with just Grubauer out there. And we know that they they traded uh, uh, for goaltender with Buffalo uh, a Your week and a half ago. But that can't be their answer. I, I really believe that that they love Grubauer. And Frank Hoos, if I pronounced it correctly, yeah. is, is out. Is out. And not but skating. I, and I, I really believe that they feel that Grubauer, Frank Hoos, and Johansson is their group, is their goaltender going into the playoffs. I, I believe that. I don't think they're in the market. I may be 100% wrong, yeah. but I think, I think they think that's their goaltending. Francus is a veteran yeah. European goaltender, world championship goaltender who people like, but he yeah. sure as hell looked bad against Dallas last year. Like God awful bad, if, but people like him. If if you're right, then I think Joe Sackick is nuts. Nuts. So who after you got burned last year, yeah. you're gonna go into the playoffs. With no hey, backup, well, legitimate well, backup. Well, they, they, you know, Hudobin beat them. Hudobin beat them last year. A backup who had an unbelievable run beat them. Fr Francus had surgery a, a month and a half ago, two months ago. He's not skating. He's right. done, Mac. Yeah. Yeah. And even great. if he can come back, yeah. he's still done. You have so, to go out and so give, give me, give me the names. Right now, there's only two that yeah. I see. Bernier 
who I think is skating again in Detroit, but it's kind of been coy in terms of what's bothering him or what's going on with him. And but he's I mean, out there. And I'm shocked at how good he's been. Is he is he one of these guys that's really good when you know your team's not has no chance of winning and there's no pressure? There's a lot of those guys out there. Or is he a solid guy to consider? And maybe for a short-term series, but who just, give me another name? Uh, Drieger in Florida, Chris Drieger. Spencer Who's Knight that? goes there, promises of of being the guy soon, yeah. you yeah. know, or at least with Bobrovsky. But well, he's know, only that, that six, means Drie- only Drieger's got, out. He's only got six years as Bobrovsky's back. Well, whatever before. the case is, you know, yeah. he's there. Well, he's he'll there. beat he's... he'll beat Bobrovsky out well before the six years, <laughs> but the Bobrovsky's at ten million. Whatever the case is, he's a, Knight's he's in, Drieger's out. And Drieger, Drieger is, is a guy that, based on what he's done the last couple of years, you've got to say that he could be a guy Mac. that you could get at a reasonable price. Uh, and and, and uh, I, I think- I would take him ahead of Bernier for me. Uh, and he's cheaper. Yeah. Right? He's cheaper. I think, I think his- uh, his cap hits 750, if I'm not mistaken. Right, right. which is, but you know, playoffs, it doesn't matter. But it, it's, I just think. You well, know, I mean, for now, you, even I, to take him right now. Right. And and he's a guy that can, is a potential to re-sign on a fair deal. I, Bernier has been very, very good. Very good. I mean, he, short term, I mean, they're two, they're two re- reasonable guys to consider. And. If if Joe and them lose out and it's goaltending, they're going to take some serious heat. You're right. Because after that, you know, and it, I don't know if if there's one team to maybe roll the dice with their goaltending, it might be Washington. I know people are sitting there going, "What about the Capitals? What about the Capitals?" But yeah. you know, Samsonov they love. Yeah, yeah, and the and the kid, you know, hasn't been has has been okay. So. I haven't watched the kid enough. I've watched him play maybe two or three games, and he's been good and he's been average. But I know they like him. Well, until we find out, I guess we should know a little bit more throughout this weekend, right, on, on where it's heading, and maybe the, the picture well, gets a little clearer. We've, gave, we've given some, some general managers some good information here that they can take now and go and try to do some deals. Well, we've got a lot of teams floating right now. That's the problem here. And I'm not even sure Vancouver, as the number I heard was nine members, Mac, with COVID. Wow. And that could go up today when they get some more results. And wow. they're, they're not even sure if they're going to play next week. But, yeah, you know, they're kind of caught. Calgary, Mac, like how much pressure is on tree living right now to and he's already made significant moves here but there's another team that we could have easily put are they desperate or are they not desperate what are they do they ever contemplate a johnny goudreau move at the deadline or no to me me, that's an off-season there's no season decision and and if you are it's okay even the flyers are no different than 
Calgary right now where, where you're looking and going, we've underachieved immensely here. And is there anything salvageable? Anything can be saved at all. It's not going to be, well, you give me your headache. I'll take yours. Just a minute. You'll take mine. I didn't, I didn't have, Calgary has underachieved. That's according to you because you had them basically winning the Canadian (laughs) division. I didn't have them making the playoffs, if you recall. And you, you had, you know, I had, I had Vancouver making the playoffs ahead of Calgary. So we're both uh, out to lunch. Well, Philly, I had in. You, you probably look smarter with Calgary than I do Vancouver. That's for sure, because you don't make those moves, Mac, those UFA moves. Yeah. Without thinking that this is the, these are moves to, to, to win the, to the Stanley Cup, not make the playoffs. Yeah. And now Markstrom has even started to slip. I mean, his game, I mean, with the workload and the way then the, the shot quality he's faced, his game is starting to slide a little bit. All right, we beat it up pretty good today, me and you, on the trade front. For a good Friday. We've been, we, were, we were fair on a good Friday. What are your plans this Easter weekend, Mac? Well, I got my hair cut. I, I was going to take it right to the wood, but I thought I'd keep it solid. I, you know, So I got cleaned up That's a little right. bit. That's so, right. No cap? No, no ball cap. cap today. No, I cleaned Looking it up clean. a little. So, uh, I'm going to you know, maybe... Maybe take Jill out on a date night tonight. Wow. Wow. I might. She went to Fort Lauderdale last night to have dinner with a girlfriend, and then they had a golf lesson this morning, and they played a few holes. So, you know, she'll be home later this afternoon, and uh, maybe we'll do a little date night here in Delray. This is the time of year where my Outdoor outdoor eating, uh, you know, outdoor eating, not indoor. We're still very conscious, you know. Good. Good. Still very careful. This is the time of year where my uh, concussions uh, uh, come into play because I don't want I don't want true I don't want Trudeau to think I'm running wild down here. He won't let me back into Canada. Thank God I got a vaccine. I don't have to depend on him. Okay, can I talk? (laughs) I was going to tell you this is the one time of the year where my concussions come in um, come into play because I get to hide my own Easter eggs. (laughs) That's right. Good one. Boom boom. I like it. You like it? I like it. Very good line. I should Jordan, like how are you this weekend, pal? I'm, I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. I actually had a question for Doug that I've been thinking about. We don't have to answer it today because it might go a little long, but back in your coach and GM days, what, what were these 10 days like for you leading up to the trade deadline? How does your, your psyche change, your mood, all that stuff? What's your process like? It, it's really unbelievable. It's one of the most exhilarating times for a, for a GM and as it gets closer, you bring your entire staff, your pro scouting staff in, your amateur guys. Or everybody's been working out in the field, you know, looking with a, a list of people to look at and study and have good numbers. Your analytics people would be working on, on the list of players, you know, your entire staff is. And then it comes to a head when you, when the group, I don't know how it happens with COVID, it'd be much more challenging, but we'd bring our group in and it was it was an exhilarating few days to go through. And you always, we were always, you know, because we weren't a contender, it was a little bit different, but it was always still a real important day to acquire assets, to move out dollars, 
to try to improve. And it was fun time. Huge. Was it, was it also the game within the game, Mac, in terms of dealing with another general manager and having that general manager say, I'm not giving you this guy unless it's a third round pick and then calling his bluff. And when he says, okay, to a fourth or a fifth round pick for the same guy, he said 10 minutes ago, I'd only give him to you for a third. Is that exhilarating? Is that a huge rush? It's a huge rush, except when you get to 10 to three and you haven't got a deal and you want to get the money off your books. But I'll never forget, was it Ponikarowski that played for the Leafs? Yes, left winger. I will never forget, Bill Waters was the assistant GM with Pat Quinn. And Bill Waters drove me bananas because he wanted, they wanted Ray Whitney really bad at the deadline. And they kept offering me Ponikarowski. And I kept saying, Bill, leave it alone. Don't, no, Doug, you would love Ponikarowski. Bill, I know him. I've watched him play. (laughs) Oh my God. Finally, every time he, when I see Bill Waters, I wouldn't answer it at the end. I used to say, send me a fax. That that would drive me nuts. That would drive me nuts when when if if guys would continue to push stupidity, it would be such a waste of time. Because they they wanted him, and and Ray was going in. He was going to be an unrestricted free agent, and they, you know they thought there was pressure on us to move him. And, but I'm thinking, Ponikarowski. Oh my! Anyway. Maybe he was a good player. Maybe I should have made the move. But I well, didn't. we'll have another good week to hear all of your <laughs> your uh, bad, bad deals, deals that were pre- uh, pre- uh, presented to yeah. you over your yeah. career. Because yeah. Uh, yeah, there was a few. Know, of them. If if, uh, if teams still to be uh, st- still are in a position of not knowing whether they're buyers or sellers uh, after this weekend, then uh, we may have to take this thing to the last. 48 or 24 hours, Mac, before they, they ultimately decide here. But just muddy waters right now. Remember my new motto. Doug McLean, the general manager, would hate Doug McLean, the media person. And remember my mo- motto. <laughs> there are many days we hate both. <laughs> Doug McLean, everybody. And the fans too. <laughs> Enjoy your pickleball match. It's Friday, right? That's what you yeah. guys do at the old home, right? <laughs> Boca del Vista, here we go. <laughs> Doug McLean, everybody. Jordan, thanks today, pal. And, yeah, thank uh, Joe, you. I think we lost Joe a little early today, uh, but uh, always a, a big thank you and a shout out to, to Joe and all of you out there who watched us this week. Uh, I hope it's been a great week. Enjoy your, your long weekend. Sit back and uh, appreciate the people around your life that uh, matter most. Well said. For Nick Kiprios, Doug McLean, Joe, uh, Jordan, you got anything? Yeah, let's uh, just do a quick reminder. We got the Q&A coming up on Monday. Hashtag Where's Buddha on Twitter or on the YouTube channel. We'll compile them. And then also, guys, Wednesday, our 100th episode. Could you believe it? Maybe we'll do something a little special for that. We'll uh, talk over the weekend and figure it out. Newman's excited. I'm excited. I hope you guys are as well. All right, for Joe, Joe, Doug McLean, myself, Real Kipper at noon. Thanks for joining. First time watcher, subscribe. Hit that like button one last time. We'll see you Monday.